0: Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and today is an awesome day Um, here in the United States. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving so um, a lot of people um, become more mindful of what they're thankful for and grateful for and I'm grateful for everybody that watches this show and everybody who shares this out that's that's a huge, huge, huge blessing for me. So I appreciate that in advance. So um, today I have a very special guest on. Her name is, and I'm not going to butcher it, I promise you, her name is Tressa Haney. And Tressa is a transformational life coach and mind mastery coach and I don't know her that well yet, but uh, hopefully after this show, we'll know we'll know her a lot better. So I want to go ahead and welcome Tressa to the show. Tressa, welcome. Thank you for being on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm very, very excited to have you. So, um, you know, this, as, as I told you, and I think you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I created this show to help people get unstuck in life because I believe that people hit these barriers in life and they don't know how to bust through, they get stuck. So that's what this is all about.
1: Well, that's good because that's what I help people do too. <laughs> love
0: that, love <laughs> and that.
1: And that stems from being stuck in my own life. Right. So, you know, I guess we teach what we have learned ourselves. So Amen. Amen. when I started to approach 40, I started to feel like I was not meeting the milestones that I wanted to meet and I didn't really know what to do about it, you know, so um, I had to learn it all. It took me quite a few years, that's for sure, but uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in a really good spot now, and I just love to teach other women, especially, that hit the life crisis, if you will, and try to figure out what they want to do with the second half of their life. Well, why
0: don't we start with the first part of your life, and let's talk about first, where you are from, where you were born and raised.
1: I was born in a little seaside village on the very east coast of Canada in Nova Scotia, a little place called Prospect, for any of my people watching. Um, And I grew up, I stayed there my whole life. I'm a military wife now, so we've moved around a little bit throughout the the country. But um, yeah, I spent the first 40 years of my life in Nova Scotia. Wow, on the on the sea, in the sea, practically, yeah. Wow. From my bedroom window and hit the Atlantic.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. But it's cold up there, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in Ottawa now, so it sort of mirrors New York's weather. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's cold, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's you all
0: guys right. have weather too. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm in Ohio. We've already had ridiculous amounts of snow this year. I'm like, what? <laughs> normally, yeah. we're dreaming of a white christmas and and you know now this year it's like wow, so, of
1: thanksgiving huh?
0: yeah right so so um, what was it like growing up for you i mean you know with your your uh as a child, what was it like for you?
1: well, I'm the oldest of four, and um just a regular family my parents and the four of us and my mother basically stayed home you know with us kids and my dad worked for the federal government Mm -hmm. and you know everything went well and you know i had a pretty typical childhood and when i was 15 um my 11 year old sister was hit by a car and killed Mm -hmm. and that changed our whole family forever and so that sort of stared at me on a trajectory that, you know, I had no control over and, you know, my parents had no control over it either. So it it just changed everything from that point going forward.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Well, that that had to um, that had to be painful for everybody.
1: Yeah, I think the the biggest thing, like looking back, is that um, I realized that it was very painful for us kids to watch our parents be so heartbroken. Yeah. So, you know, it obviously it was hard to lose my sister. But when you're a kid, you know, when your parents fall to their knees, that's a little bit more of a, you know, that's your security, your safety, your everything is kind right. of shaking. So, yeah and i had quite uh my other two siblings were quite young 4 and 6 and i was 15 so mm. you know kind of adopted the role of you know looking out for them you know i always was kind of motherly to them but you know probably yeah. far more after that yeah
0: yeah i'm i'm sure probably very protective as well i would imagine yeah
1: well, they're just little kids and yeah. you know mom and dad were having a really hard time it was yeah. it was it was hard you know yeah yeah
0: I can't imagine i cannot imagine but so so you um so you went to in in Nova scotia you went to school there high school all through it right yep, yeah
1: we have high school in Nova scotia <laughs> oh you didn't have high school, yes, we do <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yes. I, I didn't finish high school. I actually found it very hard to go, like, um, my sister died when I was just finishing grade 9, and then, so I still had to do 10, 11, and 12, and really, I, I really wasn't doing well. Although I thought I was doing great, because when you're a teenager, you think you're just... You know everything. Cat's meow, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> And I did end up leaving school and didn't finish um, until I was 40. <laughs>
0: Oh wow, really?
1: Finally I graduated from
0: Yeah. Wow. We're having a little internet hiccup here. I don't know why. Um can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Um so you ended up g- graduating high school when you were 40.
1: Yeah. Nice. It had bothered me my whole adult life, but you know, as We all kind of get, well, I get at this point in my life is that everything is either based in fear or based in love, you know, so I was afraid to go back to school. Like, what if I couldn't do it? Or, you know, it was just high school, but I was really afraid, I think, of a lot of things. I had a lot of anxiety and overwhelm throughout my adult years, which I have connected back to losing my sister.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. And that's understandable for sure, I would think, for most people. So you, you
1: um, when did you stop going to school? I was in grade 12. Oh, were you? Yeah, okay. I was like right on the cusp of graduating and.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> for whatever my teenage brain thought, this is enough, I'll just leave now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I hey, I, I can totally relate to that. I did the same thing, same exact thing actually. So, um, you know, so, so what did you do after that I mean did you get a job did you go get married did you yeah
1: I moved out I found someone to live with and proceeded to have children and um, that relationship didn't work out but you know I think I was just looking I was in survival mode I didn't know it at the time but I was just looking for some way to get out of the sadness and and all that kind of stuff and um you know, and and I wasn't doing very well. I don't think, like, you know, uh, mentally and everything, and and in grief. Grief is weird. You know, you feel like you're doing okay some days, but you're really not. Right. And it comes and it goes, and it shows up in weird spaces and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I I found a guy and. Had two kids with him, and now they're in their 20s. Yeah. So, um, and then, but that didn't work out. So around the end of my 20s, that sort of fell apart. And um, I found somebody new in my 30s and married him, and we're still married today, and we have a third child. So, oh,
0: good. Yeah.
1: So everybody's journey is their own journey. Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: So, um, So, and how long were you in the first... The first marriage,
1: probably ten years. Okay, ten years
0: yeah. yeah, ish. Yeah, ish. So again, like it's not shocking that that you know I, I can totally relate to, to to that. I mean, I totally relate. So um, when you when you um, so you ended up getting a divorce.
1: <laughs> we were never married, but oh,
0: okay, okay. Well, you. Whatever. I didn't need
1: to do all that legal stuff, so that was good.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you made the permanent um, separation, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I always knew that he was not the man for me. Yeah. But I was struggling, and yeah. so I just made poor decisions. And I, one of the best decisions I made was not marrying him because I knew in my heart of hearts, and we all know in our heart of hearts when we're doing the wrong thing. Right. We just are afraid to change it because right, it's, right, fair, you know. So right. I had to come to terms with that and and move on, and and that was a scary, scary time for me because I had two little kids. Yeah. And I was young, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so were, did you did you um, did you work? I were you a stay at home mom.
1: I was mostly a stay at home mom. I mean, back then, that's kind of what people were still doing. Um, not everybody, but there was a fair amount of women that were still staying home and. And I didn't have an education. So I was you know, and I and I really didn't feel worthy for a lot of things, you know, and I felt like the education people judged me about and that was all in my own mind, of course. Right. That's how I felt. So I was afraid to go for jobs and, and afraid of not being able to do them or something like that. Or people would think that, oh, why are you applying for this job or that job? Right who are apply for that, you know, you're not even done high school yet. And so I had all these beliefs like rolling in my head constantly at that for sure. But uh, yeah, then I got a job obviously after the split and uh, yeah, so that was, that worked out.
0: So, so you, you split, we won't call it a divorce, um, since there was no marriage. But you, you, you split and you started working and, um, you know, you, you ended up meeting who you're married to today, right? Yes. Had another (laughs) child. Um, and, and like at some point I I can see, I, I've been, I've been through not, not, not losing a, a sibling. Um, well I did, but I, I was, I wasn't even born yet. So, um, but you know, like I, but I've seen that pain right in my family, my mother. And, and so I've, I've, you know, I've been there, but I, I, think that, um, you know, with, with your, um, was there, was there, what was going on in life? What were you feeling? I mean, sounds like you were feeling a lot of fear. Was there some anger in there anywhere? Was there what was what was going yeah, on in life?
1: Yeah, I was I was really resentful. Um, yeah. I was mad at myself because I felt like I should be doing these things, and what was keeping me back? Like, and this is before internet, so I didn't have like access to information like we right. do now, you know. So I was like reading books and watching Oprah, like everybody else, and, yeah. uh, you know, but I I was kind of mad at myself. I I. I had this story in my head that, you know, poor me, like my sister died, my family fell apart and now I have these two little kids and, you know, no wonder I can't make any money because I'm so, you know, blah, whatever the story is, it was just going on. But I was really resentful. Yeah. That sure. And even after I got married and I had a pretty good job, but then I had to quit my job because we moved and it wasn't until about, you know, five years ago that I really was like, okay. Like, you can't be, resent- you know, and I'm, and, and as life happens, you meet people that point things out to you or sure. they show you the way. And I met this coach and she said, I can help you. You're resentful. And I thought, excuse me. <laughs>
0: uh, how dare you? <laughs>
1: exactly. You know, and, and she was right. And I was resentful. as rese- And I thought I was resentful as a military wife. But when I started to really do some deep digging in my own psyche and and start repairing my own heart, I started to realize that the dots connected way back to my teenage years when my sister died. And I read this quote that said, the skills you need to survive are not the skills you need to thrive. And when I read that a light bulb went off and I thought I had learned all these things on how to just pure survival and I'm still implementing them 25 years later. Yeah, and I don't need them anymore, and I'm not thriving so um, I Had to learn to be vulnerable. I had to learn to ask people for help. I had to learn to you, know Open up my heart to other people. I you know, I had Shut my heart down so that I didn't get hurt anymore right. so it's all these things that were going on and so as my you know, adult years went on, I started to realize, like, this is not working, obviously. I'm not happy. Right. Um, although, if you would have looked at my life from the outside, everybody would think, well, you know, you have a great husband, great kids. You know, you guys are not doing too badly financially and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I just wasn't happy with myself. Right, right. Yeah.
0: So, so... um And and let me ask you this because again I've been there. Good morning to everybody coming on the stream. By the way, thank you guys and thank you for anyone who shared this. Um, So, what were your um, closest friends like?
1: Um, a lot of my think. Were kind of needy I, I gravitated toward people that needed help because yeah. I related to that yeah. I related to people in chaos So, um, I thrived in chaos yeah. Myself yeah. Um, So there was that but I did have some friends that I still have today and I'm quite close with that you know, were really, I, you know, people that were problem solvers, and I was always an advocate for other people and and things like that. So, you know, my heart for helping other people was there, I was just using it in the wrong way. And it was a self service of myself, like helping other people to make myself feel better instead of, you know, making them, you know, for their benefit rather than that, you know. So yeah, a lot of my friends were kind of chaotic. And I, we moved a lot. So to be honest, like I met a lot of different people all, all the time. Right. And um, there's a lot of people, especially military wives that struggle because it's the same reason you're moving, you lose your network, you lose your family, you lose your friends and your job. So you have to start all over again. So
0: right, right. You know, sometimes- uh, my, <clears throat> my, my, my thinking is, um, you know, because I, I'm I'm a huge believer in 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 our energy that we're putting out attracts mm-hmm. similar energy, right? So, my,
1: I'm,
0: I'm, my curiosity was, you know, did you attract a lot of people into your life um, that were in a similar mindset energetically?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I, you know, people that. You know, I, like, again, we're like always like everything was, you know, in victim mode. And and that's what I was in, victim mode. Right. So I absolutely attracted those people. And I'm a huge believer and practice the law of attraction so much now.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I, I have totally turned that around. And, and I'm very into meditating and, and visualization and really putting out different energy. And it, it changes your entire life yes oh yeah i totally agree with you and um now i don't need to save the world i don't need to save everybody you know and i can just be myself and help people in the way that i can help them constructively to help themselves because there's our within them and uh so you know that's yeah, you're right. I did. Yeah. I did attract those people for sure all through my twenties and most of my thirties. And it's
0: it's interesting. I, I and it's I didn't ask that to be in a place of judgment. I've been there, right? Like, it, it's um, it, it's like I, I I told you before the interview. I have sixteen and a half years sober, and when I got sober, like all of my my friends disappeared. <laughs> like they just disappeared, and yes. and um you know, I, I, I got new friends. And then as I continued to evolve, meditating every day and doing everything that I do spiritually and and physically and emotionally, the, the, the bad people just fall off. They go away. And, and because, right. Does, have you seen that in your life?
1: Absolutely. Right. And that's what I tell people all the time. And I, I hold a a web class you know, usually every Thursday and it's about like five shifts you can make in your life today. And one of them is setting boundaries and not to people worry about setting boundaries, like you're going to hurt other people's feelings. Well, not really. You know, they just can no longer put up with you and they just go somewhere else to find what they're looking for. And the people that you're, that will respect your boundaries come towards you. So it's, you know, it's very empowering, I think. And, and I didn't know that, you know, I was worried about offending people all the time. And, and you don't have to be mean or anything. You can do all of that with love in your heart yeah. and um, and to be uh, sweet to people, but just put your personal boundaries. And yeah. I'm a recovering people pleaser, so yeah. I don't have to do that anymore. That's right? <laughs> that <laughs> Well, also. and I, I, you know, like I, again,
0: um, you said you don't know who Grant Cardone is. Well, Grant's a friend of mine and he's the, probably the number one, um, sales trainer in the world. He's, he's, you know, got a billion dollars in real estate assets. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. And, and he has this, these bracelets that you can, you can get at, at car at grantcardone.com. Don't be a little that. And, and, you know, no negativity is another bracelet he has. And, and, and so, you know, it's taken me, I'm 50 years old and, and, And probably at about 45 years old, after being a sales trainer, after owning companies for for 30 years, um, it's taken me that long to go, wait a minute. You know, I've judged myself for so long, but I'm actually surrounded by a lot of idiots that, that, that genuinely affect my behavior and my thoughts and everything else. And I never... I never recognized that until about 45 years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's powerful, right? I yeah. mean, it's powerful when you like have this epiphany and then you realize you can just surround yourself with beautiful people. That's it. With kind hearts and you can create your own existence. It's yeah. all there for you to take. Yeah. And people don't believe that and they're afraid to do it. And they're afraid to push out of their comfort zone and they're afraid to do all of that, but it's really powerful, and that's why I love working with women that are sort of over 40, 45, 50, and to make that shift because I started to feel like, quite frankly, I was running out of time. Yeah. You know, I was turning 40, and I was thinking, okay, like, I literally, if I lived till 80, I'm halfway yeah. there. What right. am I going to do with the rest of it, you know? Am I going to be afraid of my own shadow the whole time? I can't do it. Right. And um, so I, I want to... Sh- uh, my mission is to, to show other women that it doesn't have to be like that because we're we're nurturers and people pleasers I think at heart. We yeah. give up a lot over the years for the family. I think it's still an uneven shift it, it is what it is it doesn't really matter why right and um, you know it just is it's a powerful thing to take control and it's a powerful example to set for your children and my husband is like, you know, you are the most beautiful, confident woman. Like I have never known this side of you. And so it's not anything to be afraid of. It's something to be welcomed for sure.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, that's incredible. So, so you had, wait till you turn 50, by the way.
1: I can't imagine. Like, like
0: like you go into this panic mode, (laughs) like, oh my God. Now you're like, Okay, so if I live to be 120, I'm almost halfway there.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm almost at midlife, yay. So,
0: so, but you know, like, you, you know, it, it's, it's, um, so you, you, like, it sounds like you have an amazing marriage, um, yes. yeah. to, to a great man that's, that's supportive and, and, and loves to see you thrive and grow.
1: Yeah, he is, and, and he's you know, he's growing too. You can't, if you change, everybody around you sort of has to step up and, and that's a good thing too. And if they don't, they go away. It's that simple. Yeah. So it's, he loves me, so he had to step up, I guess. Yeah, good for
0: him, good Good <laughs> yeah. call, good call. Yeah. So um, So at 40 years old, you had a shift. You, you said, um, crap, oh my God, what am I doing? What, what was yeah. it? What was the moment? Uh,
1: to be honest, the moment was, is we had moved here to Ottawa. So we're in Canada. So yeah. hi to my Canadian friends. Um, we had moved here to Ottawa because, um, and I didn't know we were going to move, but that's military life. It right. happened, we did it, and um, we moved here so my husband could train. He's a critical care nurse in the military, and um, it didn't work out the way it was supposed to, I had to turn down a job um, with the federal government because it didn't work. I didn't have the support networks. I had just gotten here. Uh. Um, And then they ended up sending him away for nine months. And I thought, I left two kids behind in Nova Scotia. I didn't have any friends here. Now I'm alone in a city. I could have just stayed behind. Right. And had all, you know, my kids be together and I could have stayed behind and you know and in that moment I just thought to myself what the heck is going on like I am not in control of my life at all and I was so mad I was so upset and I was just I didn't know what to do about it and I had this I don't know if it was divine intervention but I just thought to myself this is a huge shift something is going to happen And I didn't know what it was. So in the meantime, I I did have a job, uh, weight loss coaching. And the person that hired me was a beautiful mentor to me. So if she's watching, you know, she knows who she is. And she believed in me. So I had about two years before that, or maybe a year of working for this woman where she believed in me every day. And every day she encouraged me. and, And so I had that building of a foundation. And then I met this coach that said, You're resentful, and I, you know, and I thought, who are you? Wow! (laughs) And so, but I could, I could feel a shift happening, you know. And I decided to drink it all in, and I invested money in myself. I hired that coach, and I started to do all the work that she told me to do. I started to seek out, like you know, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, so I started looking for people that I wanted to be like. Like, I really didn't know what to do to change my life, Right. but I just thought, okay, just one little step. Like, don't look down the road 10 years and think, you know, I have this great big plan. Just one little step at a time, and yeah. that's what I did. I found somebody that I admired on Facebook, and I started to follow her, and I started to mimic her, And I started to smile more often and take control. Uh, I didn't make any decisions for myself. None. Wow. Basically, even to where we went to eat. I had given up all of that control. Um, And I think that's when I started to realize that was a dot that I needed to connect back to shutting myself down when my sister died. Don't make any ripples in the water. There's already enough pain going on. Don't cause any trouble. Don't get anybody upset. Yeah. Just be quiet and accept everything that's going on around you. And be as helpful as you can, and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm, that's just sort of where it started to shift for me. So
0: you're saying that up until this point, until this point, you you didn't decide where you were going to eat. You didn't like.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want to eat there. It wasn't like I had no control and my husband was totally dominant over my life, but right. like I, I myself had just given up that kind of stuff. Like I just didn't, I told myself, oh, I don't care. You know, and one of the things was, is that I needed a car and I just said to my husband, just get me something. I don't care what it is. And my boss was like, don't you want to know what you're going to drive? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he'll buy me something that I like. He knows what I like. You know, and she's like, don't you want to pick out the color? and i'm thinking to myself why would i even care about any of that and and but then i started to see her point of view it was like this is going to be yours why don't you have any buy in to what you're doing here and you know that kind of became an aha moment for me as well
0: yeah wow so so um you you was it because maybe you didn't trust your own decision making abilities or you didn't tr- or didn't feel worthy? Did, what, yeah.
1: Is, I think I didn't feel like I deserved the opportunity. I feel like uh, I didn't make very much money. Yeah. I, had come from make, I had come from a job where I was making pretty good money, and then I had to quit that job, and for four years we lived in a space where there was no work. We lived in a very rural place where we were posted. Oh, okay. I didn't have any work for that four years. And then we moved to Ottawa, and I had a job that was only part-time. Didn't make very much money, so I started to equate money with power. And the less money I kept making, the less power I felt like I deserved to have. And not that my husband made like he didn't care one, you know, his income was family income. It wasn't anything about him. Right, right. Yeah. So I think that's what it was, and I just stopped making decisions. I just let him over the years make the decisions. Yeah. And it's uh, actually kind of. You know, when you're a military wife, your whole life is about supporting somebody else's career goals. Right, right. So I, I, there's probably a lot of military wives, if you're watching out there and you feel the same way, like, you know, maybe they can relate to that because yeah. you don't have control where you live and when you're moving and, you know, just different things, when you get to see your family again or, or those sorts of things.
0: Right, right. Um, so, so you... You had this moment, and and you you hired a coach. Yep. And this coach helped you get through those those things, those blocks.
1: Yeah, she taught me uh, emotional freedom technique, mm. tapping. For people that know it as tapping, and. Yeah. Um, I went and did an intensive weekend, and I had no expectations of the outcome. I knew I wasn't gonna like, walk out Sunday and be a changed woman forever, right. but I knew that it was gonna have an impact on me. And one of the things that I learned, and I call my program Unapologetic Over 40, because I looked at this woman, and although she obviously had a lot of money, she had a lot of people working for her in her home, she was unapologetic about it. She just felt like she deserved that, and I thought that's what I want to be. She wasn't, you know, there was no airs about her. She didn't lord it over anybody. She just said, you know, I work hard. Yes, somebody does clean my house for me and cook some meals when I need it, and somebody does my administrative work and cleans my cars for me and and things like that. And it was just, it was just a a lifestyle that I didn't even know anything about, you right. know. Yeah. So. I just thought wow like she's just really unapologetic about that and I thought I that's what I want I want to feel unapologetic about being successful um, being me being confident being worthy you know that's what I wanted so she was one of my five that I sort of drew in so that I could mimic their behavior
0: that's awesome that's awesome so so you um, so there there was a shift that started happening And it Mm -hmm. was probably wasn't like the lights coming on all of a sudden. It's a gradual thing, right? Yeah.
1: Process for sure.
0: Yeah. So, um, and that was how, how long ago was
1: that? Probably four years ago, maybe four and a half years ago. Okay. Yeah. I'm 44 now. So it was, you know, I mean, and, and to be honest, I was feeling some of these feelings a few years leading up to 42. Like I would start, you know, you, it doesn't happen like you don't wake up one day and think, okay, this is enough of this. This has got to change. You right. know, you're thinking this little voice in your head's going for a while.
0: Right, right.
1: And then, you know, something happens and it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I'll Was there going. something? Was there an event that like occurred that you were like? like it was them sending my husband away once we had moved uh, first months getting okay, that okay. message was like okay you've got to be kidding me and I used <laughs> a much bluer words I'm sure but yeah. I was like you know and I had left two kids behind because they didn't want to move so I was really like PO'd about that you yeah. know and uh I just thought how did I get myself in this situation <laughs> right right. so th- that was probably the catalyst and then I started to seek out some some solutions <laughs> yeah rather complaining about it right, for further, right. further years.
0: But had you, I, I literally had this conversation with somebody a couple nights ago um, that, you know, it, it amazes me how many people stay stuck in victim mode and, mm-hmm. and, and literally cause I do, I, I do some coaching as well. And, and, you know, I, I, it's very difficult to get someone who has been a victim for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years it's very difficult to help them have that shift. It's very difficult. Yeah. And it sounds like you kinda, you went there.
1: Yeah, well it's a process and you have to be ready to step into it. Yeah. So if somebody is really feeling it, then, and if they're ready, then when they come and see you, and you know right away, yeah. If they start telling you all the reasons they can't do it, then you're like, you know what? Come back when you, you, you can do it. Right. Because I believe in being very direct with people and I'm very direct with myself now. I don't give myself any slack. for right. BS Because there's no room for that.
0: Nope.
1: And you can continue to tell yourself the lies or the stories that you want to tell yourself, but you have to know that nothing will change until you decide to change that story. That's and nice. that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. And then when you're in that space, there's all kinds of of, of beauty in moving forward. Yeah. And it just is like every day. I had never known happiness or real joy until a few years ago to wake up. And no matter what happens, I mean, that's the difference is like, yeah, your car breaks down. But you're like, you know what? All right. It's not like it doesn't like take you down for a week or something. Right, right. It, it's just like, OK, that happened or you know, whatever this case may be, you can just deal with it because now you have the tools and you know things will be okay. Sure. And uh, you can just move on. And everybody has things that happen in their lives. I mean, I right. lost a sister. You were an alcoholic. But it doesn't, like, it doesn't mean that your story is any worse than mine or mine worse than yours. Right, right. Yeah. There's a solution for it. A- everything's all- a- everything's
0: <laughs> relative, right? And uh, and and it's, it's like... If I you know, if if everybody in the world were to get together and throw all their problems in the middle of the room and, and you could pick up any problems you wanted and carry that with you, well, it wouldn't take long until you would bring back the other person's problems and ask for yours back. Yeah. Right? Because you're you're used to that. And and what you what you would find, I think, is that you're the root cause of most of them. <laughs> so
1: exactly. right?
0: So it becomes I, a, a thing that you can fix. Like, if it's yours, you can work that out. If it's somebody else's, it's like,
1: uh, I, uh, you know, here, take these back. I don't want them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, last summer, I went back to Nova Scotia with my youngest child for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And at midsummer, I'm not used to living around my family, by the way. So, yeah. you know, as much as I wanted that when I got there, you know, be careful what you wish for sometimes. I right. just love them dearly, but, you know, you're not used to it. And I, um, it happened, it was like one thing after another. Like People were talking to me, like the camp said something, my daughter had did something, so I was dealing with camp counselors, and just one person after another. And it was like five or six things. And I said to my friend, I said, I don't know what is going on. One more person can't call me up and say, blah, 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 blah. And she said to me, you're attracting that. Right. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I knew I love this person and respect her so much. And we're both very into law of attraction. I was like, oh, I am. I am making all these problems for myself. And as soon as I changed my thought process and I started to start, you know, gratitude and start really appreciating, all of that fell away and it resolved itself. And I got back into my space. And, And that's the beauty of where I am now. And that's what I want other women to be. I'm just so passionate about seeing people that are so... Stuck yeah. to be here, like be here where it takes just like that. Somebody can say something to you, and you can pull yourself out of it instantly. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so, so let me ask you this: uh, you know, of of all the 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 people that you work with and and um, the people that you've met over the years, um, in your opinion, what do you think it is? What's the number one thing, in your opinion, that, and I'm asking you for your opinion, not somebody else's,
1: (laughs) you have to make the
0: decision here, Um, in your your opinion, what is the number one thing that keeps people stuck in life? Fear. It's fear. That's the most popular answer to that question, by the way.
1: Because it's the right answer. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, people stay in jobs because they're afraid they can't get another job or they won't make more money or something like that. Um, You know, people are afraid to say no to other people. People are afraid to be uncomfortable um, and push themselves out of uh, their own comfort zone. And, you know, once I, and, and to make themselves vulnerable, right? Like we're afraid to be vulnerable to other people. right? And, um, you know, once you sort of say to yourself, like, I'm okay. And so I try to live by the BRAVE acronym, which is to be bold, take risks, be authentic, vulnerable and empathetic. Mm. And so I, I use that as a checkpoint for myself. And if I'm not taking risks, if I'm not feeling uncomfortable or everything feels hunky dory for a while, I'm like, okay, you need to do something about that because you're not growing. And then you start to thrive on that, it becomes a little addictive getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Because then you're like, okay, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try this. So I mean, I did a public speaking event for the first time, um, telling my story to a room full of people at a bereavement conference. So I was like, oh, like I was afraid to make them feel bad, but then I was thinking, well, what if I helped one person there? Right. You know, right. if I helped one parent that has lost a child and is parenting other children through this? You know, or something like that. And once I turned it around, I realized it wasn't so scary, and it was a beautiful experience. Yeah. And spoken in front of a hundred people, which many people probably in your caliber is not much, but for me it was a lot. And I wasn't even nervous. And they kept saying to me, "Are you sure you're not nervous?" And I just all I could think of was, "Is how can I help?" So, when we think about that in in terms of society, how can we help each other? Then there's no real fear to have because right. that's. All the connections are about and um and that's the good thing so
0: love it I absolutely love it it was great so so if you um if you had a um a person and I ask this this exact question to everybody on the show um you know during my during my my years of of um, wow. being a raging alcoholic and 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 a maniac, um, and 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 a you know, I mean, I I, I think that uh, and I've heard this stated in in the recovery movement that um, you know alcoholics are egomaniacs with an inferiority complex, and I certainly f- you know fit that bill for sure. But um, you know. W- I, so i've i 've experienced car repossessions i've i 've experienced the the electric being shut off for not paying the bill because drinking was more important um, yeah. i 've experienced all kinds of those things right and and so I had a car repossessed in front of all my employees once <laughs> like you want to talk about a humiliating moment in life, but you know so if somebody called you up and they said look i'm i 'm uh, I'm stuck I'm my my electric's being shut off tomorrow Um, my car was repossessed by the bank last week and you know life's falling apart and I can't figure out what to do Uh, you know what's the what's the very first thing that you would say to that person to help them get unstuck in that moment because you and I know right it's right there and most people do but they have a very difficult time making that shift. So what are you going to say to that person in that moment to help them? Well, I think
1: I would listen to them first because everybody wants to be listened to, but then you have to speak to because I, you know, been in a situation where I've had two kids and behind on my mortgage, like I'm afraid to pick up the phone because like, geez, what are they going to do? And and I thought if somebody would just give me 5,000 bucks, I'd be like golden, you know? But, um, you can't. People can't bail you out every time. You have to figure it out for yourself. So I think I would, first first of all, listen. And then if, you know, if I need to help somebody, I take it because sometimes just a little bit of financial help in a moment, even for somebody on the street or something like that, it is what they need right then and there. Yeah. But, And I would insist that, you know, that they they stay with me and and not stay with me physically, but like that we stay connected and that I can help them, you know, build a plan to to get through the next six months or the next year, because if you don't have a plan and you don't have anybody that just has your back and encourages you and says, Let's do this, because sometimes when you're in the thick of all of that, you can't see the solution. You are so overwhelmed with all these negative feelings. You're so low on the emotional scale that you can't see your way out of it. And somebody just changes the perspective for you and helps you, you know, little by little figure out little tiny steps to take, because the big steps are also overwhelming. Yeah. And they can help you. So maybe the situation would call for me helping them a little bit financially and then really sitting down and helping them with a plan. Um, and then you have to know if you're going to help somebody financially, the chances of them saying thank you and never talking to you again is also there. Right. Yeah. You have to do it with like graciousness in your own heart, too. Yeah. But helping people have a plan to move forward and to move upward is is really important. Right. And and, uh, you know, I was really lucky all through my high, my adult life that my mom is really good at that. And um, I used to feel so badly for people that had nobody, that just had nobody that could ever help them, yeah. even not financially, but like, you know, mentally. And, um, you know, my mom was there a lot of times to just put things into perspective and help me out and break down a problem and really yeah. talk about a coach <laughs> like I do now. Yeah. You know, uh, and, um, I, it's just really, really important. And even if people aren't in a financial pickle, you know, they really appreciate it to have somebody to help them Amen. figure
0: out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I agree with that. So, so what's, what's coming up for you? What's, what's, um, any, any big stuff
1: happening in your life? Ah, uh, big stuff. Um, Right now, I run a program. It's an eight-week mastermind for women over forty. It's called Unapologetic Over Forty. Yeah. I do have, I do run. Um, it's called Unapologetic Over Forty Five Shifts. You can implement today. It's for women over forty that want to take my masterclass. That's free. Yeah. Um, wow. So uh, I have that, and I'm just doing my eight-week mastermind right now. I'm quite active on Instagram and Facebook, and I do uh, interviews as well because I love talking to people and, and and getting their perspective. I have a 12 week program that I can I put women into if they want a bit of a longer program because I think it takes time. Yeah. You know, people yeah. want quick like, fix. Like, I'd like to do like a four week whatever, right? But it really does take longer than that to relearn because you have to unlearn all these things, and then yeah. you have to learn a bunch of stuff you know so I have a 12week program um, and I love working with military wives too because they often can get stuck yeah in resentment mode and uh, it's hard to make choices when you don't have a lot of or you perceive that you don't have a lot of freedom over your life
0: sure
1: sure yeah and people can find me at com if they want to get in touch and,
0: and what what social media how do they how do people follow you on social media?
1: I'm at mastering her forties, all spelled out. F O R T I E S.
0: Okay. Yeah. And your personal Facebook page, or
1: just Tressa Haney. Okay. Just cool. Haney. cool. Just cool. me. Yeah. So yeah. Tressa, what's
0: what's one last, um, what's one like, be it female? I know you you work generally with just women, mm-hmm. um, but you know everybody needs needs a boost now and then
1: and client too. I just okay I, you know but I just uh, resonate gotcha. with yeah
0: but what's what's one last piece of advice you would give to anybody because because quite frankly um, I know that you had a I, I would bet anything that in your 20s with those those two babies and and the not husband um <laughs> but the you know in your partner, partner <laughs> there you go um yeah. but you know i would bet anything that when you were in your 20s going you know through life um if somebody would have told you hey in your 40s you're going to be this transformational life coach would you have believed them
1: i would have felt like a hot mess on the inside and thought what are they talking about right What's I think the, the biggest thing to realize if you're in your 20s is that it's okay. Yeah. You've got lots of time. Your story is your story. And you will go through life experiences and learn just like the rest of us. But get out of your own way and try new things and get out of your comfort zone and be happy with what you have right now. OK, because I think that's one of the biggest shifts you have to make is just looking around you and saying what you have and being satisfied with that, yet still always trying to up level yourself in some way. And I saw Lewis House speak in uh, if, for people that don't know him, they can find him um, online somewhere. I was at a conference in Hollywood in September and, you know, he said, I always have a coach, always have a coach. yep And I thought to myself, that's a good idea. And so I hired a coach again, I was just telling you somebody we both know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, So I hired a coach now for the next six months to up-level me because I feel like, you know, we always need a mentor and somebody in our corner pushing. So, you know, if you have, and and the money is there. Yep. The money is there. You know, I took a $10,000 program last year. I didn't even have a job. And I quit. Well, I had a part time job, but I quit my job in the middle of it. I didn't have any money. So, you know, but I found it because I wanted to make a change. So investing in yourself is a is a really great thing, no matter who it's with. Yeah,
0: I, I actually I know Lewis Howes. He's from right down the street from where I'm sitting right now.
1: Yeah, and, and great,
0: great man. He's a great the school of greatness. He's a great dude.
1: I Love his podcast, and I and I I also saw Sunny Leonard and she's a fellow Canadian, a YouTube giant. And I at this conference, I was the conference was from Carolyn Saldo. I don't know if you know who she is. Uh, I don't. Oh, you should have her on sometime. And um, Chris Winfield was also there. Okay. And he's a pretty big guy in that world too. So I mean, just uh, being around and in the and by the way, I booked that ticket without any money. I put it on my credit card because I was like, you know what, I need to be in the presence of people that are doing great things. Yep. And so that's out of my comfort zone. I went on a whim to another country by myself, you know. Hollywood, which I loved. Go to Hollywood, everybody. So, you know, I mean, it was great. So, and I had a fantastic time. And so talk about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and being in the presence of people that are unapologetic for for just being great.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome. So surround yourself with amazing people, have a coach, and and work on that mindset shift. I mean, it's gotta happen, right?
1: Yeah, and my, and my sister's a musician, and she said, I always play with better people, that's how I learn. So it's, right. the, same, it's the same thing. Yep. So you just have to be around people that are doing what you want so that you can strive towards where they are, yep. and they'll mentor you.
0: Love it, I love it. Well, Tressa, thank you very much I really appreciate you coming on Uh, uh, an hour goes by really really quick doesn't it yeah so so I'm very grateful that you took the time to to um, to come on the show and everybody that's watching or or the replay viewers make sure you go follow Tressa on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere right oh we froze we froze for a second what was that
1: at mastering her 40s on social media
0: at mastering her 40s on 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 everything awesome awesome Awesome. well thank you so much I appreciate you coming on and and um, yeah everybody in America happy Thanksgiving everybody have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow
1: yes To all of our American friends, happy Thanksgiving. We've already had ours. We're already done
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Tressa, thank you so much. You have a great day. Everybody have an awesome day and we will see you guys on Friday. So thank you so much, I appreciate it. Don't hang up, don't hang up by the way. All right, we'll see you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.